So we're very excited to uh, have you all here to this first episode of the new podcast. We uh, are, are sitting here in Oslo, Norway, and we have a very special uh, guest with us here today uh, who would like to introduce uh, herself, maybe. Hi, Michael. Hi, Thomas. It's Mamik Mathru, one of the consultant gastroenterologists from London. Delighted to join you in Oslo. Okay, so Thomas, we are going to uh, talk about um, endoscopic techniques to uh, improve polyp detection. Right, polyp detection is an endless topic, but we could uh, speak about new technology, I think. Yes. And there have been plenty of studies uh, trying to increase ADR. And up to now, if you summarize them, I think the mechanical methods like the CAPS have been more successful, imaging not. Hmm. Perhaps this may change because there is a, a new study about the new technique from Olympus Company, the TXI. And uh, what is TXI? Sounds like a new television. It reminds me on the 80s with the VHS and the new stuff. It's a texture and color enhancement. And um, there was a study from a multi-center study from Italy looking into that. I just published in the journal Endoscopy. The first author is uh, Antonelli. And uh, what's TXI? Uh, we, we try to briefly explain it to you. It's a technique which um, looks separately or processes separately different aspects. So the images are split. And the, in one image, the brightness... And in the other image, the texture is improved, and then they are combined, and then there's a color enhancement. So that's why it's called TXI. And uh, the end result can be seen in several live demos, and in that example on the screen, it's a much brighter and clearer structure. You also can uh, use artificial intelligence. So this was a randomized controlled trial, which of course is exciting. And it's not small. It's uh, almost 800 patients. And I think it was centers both in Italy, in Germany, and in J one center in Japan, mm -hmm. right? And Giulio Antonelli and the team uh, in Italy were the leading uh, investigators. And they it's a, it's a very straightforward study because it randomizes patients Uh, who were um, doing a colonoscopy either for screening or for surveillance or after fit positive to the new Olympus instrument with the new technology, the TXI technology, or the normal, I should say, white light, high definition endoscopes. And then basically what they counted in each group was uh, the ADR, so the adenoma detection rate, And I think the APC, right? Uh, that's what that's what the the, the main endpoints. The adenoma per colonoscopy. Exactly. And what were the results? Well, the results, the assumption for the case number calculation. That's always interesting. That is very interesting. Was to increase it from 34 to 44 percent, and in fact they started with 43 and increased it to 59. It was not screening only. It was screening patients, probably fit positive and surveillance patient and everything. And it was, as usual, the small polyps. Yes, yes. And it's one of the first imaging studies to show an increase in ADR per se. So some years back, we compared two different generations, skipped one generation and could show that it needs a jump from one generation to the next after the next to see an ADR increase. So perhaps the speed now of technical improvement is higher. 
but it's a quite large increase. I mean, 15% absolute increase, that's, um, that's very interesting, I would say. What do you think, Manmeet, about that, you know, ADR as a concept in general, and then the increase in that study with the new TXI uh, technology? Should we be interested? Is that something that is clinically relevant for us and for our patients? Yeah, thanks, Michael. I think it really is. And I think um, Antonelli and colleagues have done a really nice study. And I've seen this study presented, actually. It's beautifully, beautifully well presented. And it is a big number. and It is a big increase. We obviously focus a lot on quality and colonoscopy. And we're particularly proud of that in the UK with JAG, I guess. And for me, the story about adenoma detection rate is really important. But it's a story of marginal gains. And it's doing lots of little things well in colonoscopy to sort of have a bigger sort of uh, positive effect than the individual sum. So whilst obviously this study shows that TXI is really important, you know, we don't talk about the other things that we take for granted, the bowel preparation, the position change, the endocuff, all of which, you know, plus obviously technique and experience of the endoscopist, all of which I think work together with the TXI and other adjuncts that you might use imaging-wise to improve your adenoma detection rate. But I think it's a really important... Um, area that we're going to see a lot of growth in when we think about artificial intelligence and looking at how we interrogate the mucosa. But we know in all of the talks that we hear about this, unless you show the imaging processor or the AI or the endoscopist clean mucosa, if you don't present the folds and you don't kind of look carefully, then you will still miss this, however good your technology is. So for me, I guess it's about we've got brilliant technology in endoscopy and it's growing every day and we're very lucky to have this. But it's also thinking about how do we handle that? How do we process that? How do individual skill adapt to use that to the best of its ability? And thinking about the team, how they kind of make the best of that technology. And I think it's one thing having the technology, but it's another thing to see that translated into direct sort of clinical improvement, which is where the interesting stuff comes. But, but guys, irrespective of this, uh, how far should we go with the ADR? What's, what's the level? Should it be more than 30, 40, 50? Um, in a, let's say, enriched screening population? It's, uh, is there a cutoff? Do we know? First of all, ADR, and we talk a lot about thresholds for ADR, and the Americans say, well, everything below 25%, some, some say 30% is bad quality, and uh, it's not well enough. So let's just, let's just remind everybody that the ADR, the adenoma detection rate, is a function always of the real adenoma prevalence in your patient population. Uh, so let's say if you have a population of very healthy people, um, where people are lean, they're not obese, and there's uh, little smoking, then obviously these people have fewer adenomas. And obviously your ADR, although you may be perfect with your performance, and you may pick up all adenomas, or all per people, patients with adenomas, your ADR may be a lot lower than... Uh, compared to a practice which is in a place where people are obese, people are smoking, where the lifestyle is uh, different than in that first place. So I think it's unfair. It's unfair to us and to our colleagues and to the field if we define thresholds such as put a number on it, 30% or 25%. It does not make sense. But it's done in guidelines, right? It European is done, guidelines. but I, I don't think we should do it. It's just, it, it, I mean, it's great to put a number and then you can, you know, say, well, that's what it is. It's very easy for people to follow. But I don't, I don't think it makes sense. 
it it always needs context and it always it's like all quality work in medicine you have to compare yourself to your peers so if you and i both work in hamburg university hospital and we have the same patients we can compare each other's adrs or if we would work with men meet in london at the same hospital we could compare each other's adrs and help each other probably to get better but if i'm here in oslo you in hamburg and men meet is in london our patients look different it's very hard to compare our ADRs and make inferences about Is that. Is that really true? But you, you, in the UK, you have a lot of quality measures and accreditation and stuff. So wouldn't you have a different opinion? So I, I, I understand Michael's point and I agree with it. I think it's an important tool for benchmarking, but I agree with it needs to be context and patient specific. I think where these quality metrics really help is if you think about the bell-shaped curve, is thinking about sort of the extreme people that perform sort of at the high end and what are they doing and what can we learn from them or is it a statistical fad? And also maybe the people at the other end who may have a particularly low adenoma detection rate, for example, and what is it that, you know, what is it that's going wrong there? I think the majority of people fall in the middle and we can always kind of push to sort of increase standards. But I think if you look at the distribution of skill and, you know, how we can learn from that, because I think the problem with these with these quality markers and these figures and benchmarking is it becomes a bit competitive. And sometimes I don't think that's helpful. And we can take a punitive approach for people at the lower end of the curve or, you know, or hospitals or practices or particular individual endoscopists or surgeons. But I think actually we also have a duty to be transparent to our patients. You know, if you are coming for a procedure in a low volume center, we know those outcomes aren't as good. And would we, would you or I or, you know, Thomas choose to have our colonoscopy in a low performing center if we're having a one-off screening? Probably not. So I think patients do deserve a minimal standard. And I think those quality markers do help us benchmark from a patient safety point of view. The question then comes on when we think about clinical excellence and pushing performance further so that the vast majority of endoscopists are, you know, doing things really well. And I think it's always about education. What can you learn from the really high performers that you can disseminate down the curve? I think that's my view on quality. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, Thomas. Uh, yes and no. I mean, at the end, ADR, the whole ADR discussions, endless ADR increases comes from the correlation to interval cancer, yep. which is much more relevant. Yep. So it's a surrogate parameter. And the question which we maybe do not know, so we cannot answer is, uh, is there a cutoff? So above 30, 35, 40%, you don't prevent many more cancers or no more cancers. Do we know? I think there is um, the evidence for that is limited. I think um, there is some evidence. There is uh, evidence, some evidence, but only presented as far as I know as an abstract. Uh, I think at UEG Week or DDW a couple of years from the Polish, from the very large Polish uh, data set from screening colonoscopies, where they said what you just implied that on the higher end of the ADRs, so the the, the high performers that you were referring to, Manit. Um, the effect of lifting those people even higher is limited as compared to lifting the people on the lower end to an acceptable level. And I think that's what you were referring to, Mamid. And I think it, for me, it, it resonates very well with which what, what I've been taught um, many years ago, that quality, quality work in healthcare is far and foremost is lifting the people with the poor performance up to an adequate level. 
And then you can work on all the other folks and lifting them a bit higher. The first point is to lift those people who are on the lower end on the ADR into that uh, bell curve for, for where the other people are, the bell curve you're referring to, Marmita. I think that's, that should be our main priority. So TXI should be given to the 20s to get them to 35 and not to the 50s to get them to 65. Yes, I think, I think, I think many of these tools, just as the new TXI, which I think is very interesting and conceptually very logical, I think, to do, to do these enhancement features that the company has done, I think the people who will benefit most or the, the patience of the people will be those at the lower end of the ADR. I think that's, that's where we should put our emphasis on. And then, just as Manmeet said, not in a structure of punishment, but in a structure of helping to improve our colleagues who are not as good yet as their peers. I think that's very important. Just very briefly touching upon something else, because there's not only ADR, isn't it? We have tons of data from, uh, from colonoscopy registries saying that people with small adenomas have an almost normal prognosis, but those with advanced adenomas, they're not doing as well. Yeah. So their, their cancer rate is two to three folds higher than at least of the normal population, while these should be the people who should benefit most from uh, colonoscopy. So, so my feeling is always there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. So are we focusing on, on the wrong people or what, what's your opinion? I would like to ask that question to you, Thomas, because I know you have, you have some thoughts about that. What do you think we should do instead? I do. I do. <laughs> well, my opinion is, but you, you're doing this with, with your studies, we should look at advanced adenomas a little bit more. Yeah. So there could be in, insufficient resection, yeah. there could be insufficient adherence mm -hmm. to follow up. So that's a group which should be focused much more. And uh, Manmeet, do you have in the English system, is there a, a differentiation uh, beyond the, the normal guidelines? So are there more intensified attempts to get those people back rather than the, the small adenomas at five to ten years? So we have um, guidelines from the British Society of Gastroenterology where we've actually, which have been revised a couple of years back, where actually we're doing slightly less surveillance colonoscopy, particularly for diminutive polyps, because I think the benefit for that particular patient in their lifetime is minimal, but the risk of subjecting them to one, three yearly colonoscopy is not insignificant. And it's also driven by trying to concentrate our resource to make sure that we get the colonoscopy to kind of, you know, the right people at a really high quality. So rather than diluting out our resource and doing lots of substandard colonoscopy and bringing people back for lots of surveillance, actually doing that colonoscopy when it's indicated really well and then not following them up unless they really need to with strict criteria with regards to those advanced adenomas. And I think it's also about your patient population. You know, we all know that we've got an, you know, an advancing age of population. So the patients that are presenting, you know, with iron deficiency anemia or might have diminutive polyps on their CTC that was done for another reason for weight loss. You know, are we really going to be going to chase those small polyps on the right side in a, an 80 year old? Well, not necessarily if they accept that risk. So I think chasing the small polyps isn't the only thing. We shouldn't just be thinking about how do we get, you know, remove all of these polyps? It's actually, what's the relevance of that polyp in that patient's lifetime? And what is the acceptance of colonoscopy or therapy or the risk of stopping anticoagulation and the risk of stroke, you know, which might be more 
debilitating than a five millimeter polyp that's not going to be relevant at all for them. So I think it's about being a bit more nuanced um, with the patient and thinking about, you know, yes, advanced adenomas is what we all want to focus on. And actually, we, we're so good at detecting small polyps now, but which ones do we ignore? And the other thing is we're talking about adenomas, but, you know, in certain subgroups now there's a move towards think about serrated polyp detection rates. So even, you know, taking the ante even higher. So, you know, is this another sort of area of measure of quality, measure of expertise? And I think all of these, as we've talked about, are surrogate markers of quality of withdrawal and how well you can inspect the mucosa using all of your adjuncts, be they sort of TXI imaging or, you know, other 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 mechanisms that we know work really well to increase our adenoma detection rate or polyp detection. Okay, so if we want to conclude, we say every adenoma counts, maybe every advanced adenoma counts for sure. And Michael, maybe you, you explain you doing the EPOS trials. There is one on advanced adenoma follow-up as well. Would you perhaps briefly explain what you are doing and how far you are? Yeah, we can wrap up with the EPOS trial. EPOS trial is... Exactly. The purpose of that trial, it's several trials, and it's, it's many patients, 21,000 almost, uh, across seven European countries. It's exactly to find the right interval for, for colonoscopy surveillance for these different people, or for these people with different kinds of polyps, low-risk, high-risk polyps, because that is unknown. And I think the hypothesis behind these EPOS trials is that we do more surveillance, so shorter intervals than we probably need to do. Uh, so, so we're comparing longer intervals with uh, the intervals that are currently recommended in the guidelines. And the first results will be out for some of the trials at the end of 2025, so in two years. So for the advanced adenomas, it's, uh, what was it again, three versus five? There's one group uh, with intervals three, five, and 10, and the other group is only five and 10. That's for the advanced adenomas. For the advanced, it's three versus five. No, for the ad the advanced, there's two groups: randomization to three, five, and ten ah, years, okay. mm -hmm. and then only five and ten years. Okay, and I jumping see. to five year after an advanced adenoma is not what currently the guidelines say. Most guidelines, so that's like the that's the intervention group. We're extending the intervals. We're taking out the three year uh, surveillance. And then we need to do colonoscopy after 10 years for everybody to be able to compare incidence of cancer. It's, uh, it's something that we need to do for everybody. So at the end, after 10 years, which is in six years, we will need to do 21,000 colonoscopies, and then we will have the answer. <laughs> it's tough again. I'm a little bit concerned, I must say. I would rather instinctively, you know, uh, having this uh, advanced adenoma discussion, maybe even shorter intervals. But we will see. Yeah, we will see. Maybe exactly. adherence and the study guarantees better adherence. Yeah, Maybe yeah. adherence is, is... Adherence is something that we will measure and nobody knows if people will come. You know, it's always that thing with research. If you want to do prospective trials, it takes a long time. And there's always somebody saying you should have done it differently. Of course. And for these, we have our friends, the modelers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guys, I think enough about ADR. It won't be the last time, but... Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.